You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Around about two years ago, I spoke to my next guest about Bitcoin, and he was really, really enthusiastic about it. And subsequent to that, the Bitcoin price went up to close to 20,000 US dollars. Then, of course, with the pandemic uh, in March of last year, it fell down to around about, I don't know, four and a half, five thousand dollars per coin. And it's now, having been above 40,000, it's now just bubbling below 40,000. I said it was a lot of rubbish. He said, no, this is the future. He's with me now to give us an update on that. His name is Davi Root, a founder and director of The Efficient Group, speaking to us from Pretoria. Davi, you were absolutely right. I don't know if you're right wholly, though. I don't think you're right about the future of Bitcoin as part of the financial services industry and the world's financial system. But certainly you were right about the price. Yeah, Lindsay, very nice talking to you. Uh, let me let me maybe just make one or two corrections. I um yes. Uh, I am very very excited about the technology, not necessarily about Bitcoin as such. Uh, maybe Bitcoin. I don't know what's going to happen to Bitcoin. Maybe in future we can have a, a couple of so-called cryptocurrencies, and these different co- cryptocurrencies will be used for something else. You know, some of them will be used mostly for a store of value. Some of them will be used for transaction purposes, whatever the case may be. So I think the future, as far as money is concerned, is going to be really, really interesting, and we could talk about that a little bit. But the really exciting part, I believe, is the technology, the underlying technology. Because, and maybe, and I'm I'm really getting excited here, but maybe I could just give you one or two things about this new technology. Yes, please. Uh, Yeah, the one is, is that it's not under central control. There's no there's no big boss, big brother running the whole system like a central bank, as an example. This is a decentralized system, uh, which is a very secure system, uh, and that's got all sort of implications because all, all of a sudden central banks can, if people started using this uh, more extensively, central banks will lose a lot of power, which is a good thing. But very also importantly, remember, is that Bitcoin or Ethereum or any one of these so-called cryptocurrencies is basically information. And that's the important part. And that's the part that people need to understand. Don't look at Bitcoin and think of it as money. Think of it as information. And this information is shared on a specific platform. And this platform is called, which I'm very excited about, the so-called blockchain. And, and, and maybe something else. And people talk about so-called cryptocurrencies. I don't like the word cryptocurrencies because many currencies are encrypted. I mean, in fact, even if you if you do your normal banking transaction, uh, your, your, your euros that you're transferring from one uh, bank account to the other one, that is actually encrypted information. So the, the correct word for these currencies, if you want to call it a currency, is actually, uh, it's actually private monies. And that's nothing new. We've had private monies in the past, and the biggest chunk of our history, we made, made use of private monies and certainly not of centralized money that what we have currently. But look at, look at it and think of it as, 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 as information and the technology underlying that. That's the really exciting part. I don't understand what you're talking about. I don't understand why you think that Bitcoin is information. Information to me is a newspaper in the old days. It's the internet uh, today and television. Um, I don't understand why you're talking about Bitcoin or other currencies, encrypted currencies being information. Please explain more because you know I'm a simple person. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Okay. Let me give you an example, a simple example. Uh, the one is if you transfer, and I know you are a very wealthy individual, and I know you transfer a lot of money between various accounts. Oh, every so day. If, yeah. If you're logging on your banking app on your cell phone, as an example, and you transfer money from bank account A to bank account B, do you think that the bank manager runs with a little case of euros from a one bank branch to the other one? No, he does not. He simply sends – he doesn't even do that. The computers do this. The, the computers simply, simply send information um, via all sorts of systems, and eventually your, the, your central bank, European central bank, is responsible for all of this. But information is basically sent from one bank account to the other bank account, deducting the amount of your million euros from the one bank account and adding <laughs> – to the balance of the bank account, the million euros in the other bank account. Yes. That is by information. It is information. The, in, fact, in fact, the money that we use today, blah, I don't have the most recent numbers, probably in the region of 95% or even more of money doesn't really exist in physical form. It exists in some sort of number somewhere in a computer. That's why I call it information. So the, the difficult part is really to make sure that informa this information is exchanged in a secure manner. And that's why up to now, we've been making use of central banks because central banks, with all their systems, have been making sure that the banks follow a certain protocol to make sure that this, this information is the correct information. And that's exactly what the blockchain does. It makes sure that information that is exchanged between individuals is done so in a secure manner. And that's the blockchain. And that's the, that's Why the, do we need Bitcoin? You've got dollars, you've got euros, you've got yen, you've got the British pound, you've got all sorts of, you've got the Russian ruble. Why do we need Bitcoin to impart this information, Darby? This is what I don't understand. Why not just share information via the normal way? Okay, what you're asking, the, the question you're asking, what is money? Because money, and the definition for money is money is anything that, that is generally accepted as money. And in the past, we used all sorts of various things for money. We used shells, we used gold, and eventually we started using derivatives of gold in the form of notes, for example. And then we went back to the gold standard, and eventually we decided we're not going to use the gold standard anymore. We're simply going to print pieces of paper, and we call it money, the so-called fiat system. And that's what we're doing today. So as long as people accept anything as money then that is money. Now, of course, I do not have much trust in politicians and certainly not in bureaucrats. And I've done many calculations and you can do it yourself. And, and let me make a statement. All money, all kinds of money that has been under control of politicians have always, uh, or is in a process, always, without ex exception, to lose its value. And I, the day is going to come, and in fact, it has come already, where the dollar has lost a lot of its value the past 50 years, as an example. Compare dollar prices to uh, of the, uh, uh, the price of bread, as an example, 50 years ago to today. So there's a huge difference because the dollar and all the other currencies in the world um, have lost a lot of value. So that's a very good reason why not to use normal fiat currencies, because they keep on losing value, and, and politicians keep on misusing it. At, at various levels. But if you have a kind of money that is generally accepted and you cannot inflate this money continuously because you want to achieve certain political aims or social aims or whatever the case may be, uh, why not, not rather use money if the system that underlies this uh, can be trusted? Why not use a kind of money that is much more safe? 
But what, are you, but, but, Dovey, what are you talking about? Inflating the price of money or, or a currency or a store of value or an exchange-traded instrument. In other words, Bitcoin. Bitcoin has gone from 5,000 in March of last year to 40,000 now. That's inflation to me. It's all over the place. So how can you be an exponent of something that has gone from 5,000 to 40,000? It's incredibly volatile and it's, it's, it's used as a speculative vehicle. So I think you've just actually destroyed your own argument. No, 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 no. No, by the way, it's not inflation, it's deflation. When the value of money goes up, if you accept that Bitcoin is money, then we've had massive deflation because the price of Bitcoin went up. So in the, the Bitcoin terms, things became much, much cheaper. So that's actually deflation that you're talking about. And again, I don't want to keep on hammering on Bitcoin. I think the main value here is the underlying technology that is important. But let me give you an example of something that can be potentially much more stable. Please do. A, so, let, a, a so-called... Let's go back to the gold standard. Let's make some uh, the things simple and easy to understand. Let's assume we go back to the gold standard, but it's very cumbersome to walk around with a pocket full of gold, and it's also dangerous, especially <laughs> if you live in South Africa. So now we we want to have the gold somewhere. We put it in a give it to a safekeeping somewhere, and we issue an IOU against this gold. Pretty much what we did 100 years ago, but this IOU is now in a digital form. And we call it a coin. And we give it a name. We call it the Lindsay coin. And this Lindsay coin, the underlying asset or value of this Lindsay coin is actual gold. And because we put it on our cell phones and because the system on which we place this is very secure, we call it the blockchain, we can transact with these coins, these digital coins, knowing that the undervalue, underlying value is actually there. The gold, as an example. This is called a so-called stable coin. And you can have whatever you want to as an underlying asset. So there's, there's an example of a currency or a, a so-called cryptocurrency that can be much more stable than Bitcoin. I also think that eventually, um, if Bitcoin becomes the thing and everybody wants to keep on using that, uh, then over time, what is probably going to happen, I think we're going to see m many kinds of derivatives of uh, Bitcoin appearing mm -hmm. and more starting using that and if that is indeed the case and that happens over time then bitcoin is likely to stabilize somewhere i don't know where uh, and i'm not don't want to make predictions about uh, bitcoin but i believe over time the more people use it the more stable it will become but uh, there's something very important unlike fiat currencies like the dollar or the rand or the euro or whatever you can't just create it out of thin air politicians you have to go through a certain process before it, the new money can be created. So where we have currently central banks giving fancy names to things like quantitative easing, they cannot do that on this specific uh, technology, the blockchain technology, because the rules on the blockchain technology will prevent that. And over time, uh, that new currencies that can be created via this technology is likely to be much more stable and it's likely to maintain and keep keep its value much better than fiat currencies. Okay. Let me give an, I, I like examples because examples uh, to tell me what the underlying story is. I need practical examples, Darby. You're going to have a very important birthday in June of this year. Okay, and I want to give you a present. And let's say that I win the lottery. I want to give you a Bitcoin. And by then it could be $40,000, $50,000 uh, per Bitcoin, or it could be $2,000 per Bitcoin. But whatever it is, I'm going to give you a Bitcoin. 
And apart from the fact that you'll obviously put it in a little case and have it on your desk every day because it comes from your dear friend, Lindsay Williams, uh, but just in case you needed to use it, what would you use it for, apart from selling it and getting real money? Well, I can, there are so many, well, there are many things that I can use it for. What I probably will do, if you give me one Bitcoin, I will break it into smaller pieces. I will keep part part of it in Bitcoin, and that part of it I will put now, let, let me not get too technical, but I will put it in a little device called a ledger. And a ledger is something that is offline, so it cannot be hacked. So I'll put it in a, in a, in a little device where it's very safe. In a, let's call it in a, in a safe. safe. Right. Yeah. And so I'll take some of it and I put it away where somebody can't steal it. Um, because there are many dangers out there. You have to be very much aware of that. And then the, the rest of the money, I'll put it in all sorts of other vehicles. I can put it in and other kinds of so-called cryptocurrencies, and I can convert some of that in, to, uh, to fiat money if I want to, or I can use this money and I can go and invest it in, in, in some financial asset. And there are many actual financial assets. In fact, we are planning, uh, we have listed... A, 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 when you say a, a, we, sorry to interrupt you, when you say we, you mean the efficient group. The efficient group, yes. So we've listed a, a so-called note on a JSE, and we're planning to issue a coin against this note. And uh, you can, you give me 100 rand, for instance, I buy the underlying note, I give you a coin, and you can exchange that coin, and you can trade with this coin, and one day when you give me this coin back, I give you whatever the underlying value of this note is. Or I can take some of the money that Lindy is going to give me Wednesday, and I can actually go to many websites, and I can buy stuff. I like gadgets. I will buy things and I pay with Bitcoin and I can do that. And the the best thing about Bitcoin is that the moment you buy Bitcoin, and remember, I'm I'm using this as an example only. There are many accounts out there. The moment you buy Bitcoin, that moment, that money is not in South Africa or in, in Amsterdam or in wherever. That money is international because it's impossible for politicians to stop me from sending this information to anywhere else in the world. And we in South Africa, we have foreign exchange regulations, so it's a very good idea if you put some of your money into this private monies because politicians can't stop you taking your money and sending your money wherever you want to. And as a libertarian, I think that's a good thing to have. So you're a libertarian. Do you own bitcoins or other currencies of this nature? Yeah, let me just make a very important point here. I'm not encouraging to invest in Bitcoin or in anything or any one of these currencies. Please, this is not an investment. You were very right when you said this is a speculative opportunity. So that is indeed the case. There are many crooks out there. Be extremely careful with your personal information for that. This is not an investment. But what is easy important is the underlying technology. And advise people. Go to some secure platform. Get a good app. Ask your friends. Get an app. And go and buy a, just a small piece of Bitcoin or any one of the other ones and play with that so that you can become used to this technology, that you understand how this works. Because this is the future, I believe. This new technology is going to make life hell for the banks. Because now I can send money directly to you and I do not have to go through a bank. And the banks are not going to charge for these massive fees that they used to when they exchange money from one currency to the other one, as an example. So go out there, play with it. It's not an investment. 
but it certainly is part of the future. Okay, let's uh, talk about the present now, because as a libertarian and a future thinker, which is obviously what you are, Darby, you must be able to also look back at the old world, which is which is um, what I'm looking at now, when I look at the S&P and when I look at the JSE Securities Exchange, when I look at the old-fashioned gold price, when I look at this almost defunct currency markets like the dollar rand and the dollar yen and the euro dollar and that sort of thing. What do you think about the markets at the moment? Put your portfolio manager's hat on, if you would. Yeah, well, the markets, I'm actually quite quite bullish about the, the markets. I'm talking about the international markets, actually for, for the South African markets as well. So I'm actually quite bullish, and there are a couple of fundamental reasons. I believe that the Americans are going to come with some serious stimul- stimulation, and I also believe that the, the Europeans will also come with, with some further stimulation. Uh, I'm talking about fiscal stuff mostly. I also think that central banks globally will keep interest rates very, in fact, they've said so, they're going to keep interest rates very low for very long, and they will keep on printing money. Now, all those sort of things are good for the financial markets in the short term. So the financial markets, generally speaking, I think I'm quite bullish about that. And I also get the, the feeling that, uh, of course, that we're going to get a vaccine soon or reach you, um, good um, immunity or whatever the case. So I think this virus is going to be with us for potentially for a long time, but it will become less of a, of a, dang, of a dangerous thing. Uh, and of course, what I also sense is that the, the global political temperature has dropped a little bit. With Trump, things were really, as we all know, all over the place, but uh, it seems as if there's a little bit more calm internationally. I'm talking about the short term. On the slightly longer term, I'm a little bit concerned about some issues that you know, politically that can go wrong internationally as well. So in the short term, I'm quite happy with the financial markets. I think the markets are going to do quite well. Uh, the results that we've seen so far are actually surprisingly good. And so um, we are pretty much invested internationally um, in, in, uh, in, in the equity markets, not in the bond markets, of course, because the low yields, we don't want to invest in that. And also the South African financial markets. I'm also quite bullish and optimistic about the, the JSC. I think the JSC can do well as well. And even some of our interest-bearing uh, instruments like the South African bonds. I think they are also a sitter uh, for various reasons. So we get a very juicy yield and liquid markets and all that. So I think uh, potentially I think the speculators may one day decide to start buying our bonds. But on the medium long term, I'm very, very negative about South Africa. This country has been destroyed mm. by an incompetent government. They've done immense damage to this country. Uh, they've destroyed so many institutions in the country. The fiscal accounts are a complete and a total, total mess. So those things will come back and bite us. And then, so in the medium term, no, get out. You take your money out of South Africa, and that's what I do for my clients. And then eventually, internationally, also getting a more and more worried about potential inflation internationally. But now we're talking about two years ends, not immediately. No. So let's see what's going to happen there. But in the short term, I'm actually quite bullish. Davi Root, thanks so much for your time. Davi Root is the founder, director and chief economist at the formerly JSE-listed Efficient Group. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.